Hello and welcome to another edition of Films on File. This week, episode number 23, Titanic. I'm Gav. I'm Austin. I'm Alex. I'm Joel. Basically, we are four lads from Liverpool who like to sit around and bitch about films. You could say we are the Icicleberg's. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad that at least somebody knew that. I thought with Dave not being here, nobody would get yeah. that reference. Uh, it's, it's, I didn't, as uh, usual, no, no, didn't get that as well. Yeah. It's uh, Icicle Works, so it's an 80s synth pop group. Uh, anyway, yes, you did hear right. Uh, Captain Dave is not here with us again this week. He's, he's yeah, he's <laughs> sunning himself in sunny wherever he's gone to that none of us could remember the name of before. So sorry, sorry yeah. Dave. Uh, so he has been replaced by our music mogul and sound producer, Austin. Hello, Austin. Hello, everyone. So if you've never heard this show before, basically we take a film and we put it on trial. It's as simple as that. There'll also be some quizzes, songs, quotes, trivia, banter, and a whole host of other hilarious things. But before we go on to the bulk of the show, we're going to do a piece of uh, a regular uh, part of the show, which is the news. Hang on, guys. Hang on. Um, my heart will go on. Take that. I loved it. Yeah. I love that song. It's a fantastic song. <laughs> <laughs> I can see you shedding a silent a tear, tear over there, yeah. Alex. Okay, uh, so what we do here is we go around in a group and we each talk about a newsworthy topic that has happened this week. So without further hesitation, Austin, what is your piece of news for the week? Uh, so mine is about Justice League. It's not really about Justice League. It's more about the running length of Justice League. Mm. It's, uh, it's been brought to my attention that it's been a it's been a steady decline in running like the running times and uh, just actually hits just on two hours and um, there's been a bit of a a move now a lot of films these days are not you know only just breaking the two hour mark and it seems like uh, longer isn't always better these days well, what are your thoughts on that so you're saying that you want the film to be longer not necessarily for Justice League, but maybe <laughs> not for for any. Maybe two hours is an, is an optimal time for a for a, you know an action pick or any story to be told. I think action films should be a bit shorter. So like comedy films normally don't go over an hour and a an, and a half. So no, action true. films yeah. like full jam packed full of action shouldn't be over two hours. I just get I start getting a bit of a headache, a bit yeah. of a barrage. I think with Blade Runner as well. One of the most off-putting things about the film was that it was running nearly three hours long. So I think maybe, uh, and because Blade Runner didn't do as as, uh, as well in the box office as the producers had hoped, maybe other production companies are thinking, oh, maybe we should trim it a little bit. Yeah, like trim the fat and keep it keep it action Keep it tight. Yeah. Having said that, there's nothing nicer when you start watching a film and you think, this is a brilliant film and you've got three hours of it to get through. So, yeah. Sometimes a great length of a film is, is a super thing. <laughs> Can you give us one example of this? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what's one of the highest? I don't know. I don't know. Off the top of my head. Avatar. Avatar. <laughs> what else has James Cameron done? I don't know. <laughs> Not, nothing noteworthy, I don't think. Anyway, right, moving on. Alex, what is your piece of news of the week? Uh, my piece of news is one of the funniest ultimatums I've read in a really long time. So um, in uh, The Fast and the Furious, there's a bit of a spat going on between the stars at the moment. I think it's been going on for like a year or two now. But um, basically, The Rock and a few of the other actors want to do like a, a spin-off 
of the Fast and the Furious. Don't even know what it's called, but that, that that's what they're thinking. Seems like the franchise is sort of building and building. Oh yeah, yeah, I read this. I, I think Joel, you were saying a while ago that they were going to do like a live action show. So I mean, it, yeah. it is an absolute cash cow. So I'm not surprised if they're trying to like do different things. But anyway, they're going to do this spin off where not all of the Fast and Furious family in in quotes is going to be in it. And Tyrese Gibson, who's one of the characters in lots of the Fast and the Furious films, uh, is a bit annoyed at The Rock for like you know doing a spin-off and leaving the cast members alone. So he's he's done a very funny ultimatum to the studio, which is it's me or The Rock. So <laughs> it's either me, Tyrese Gibson, or the most bankable actor on the planet. So I'm I'm interested to see what what the studio is going to do with that one. Yeah, we'll see, see how that pans out. Yeah, <laughs> interesting yeah, even, choice. You know, without Dwayne Johnson, that guy. He doesn't have a massive role in the films. No, you know, he's not all. one of the main not guys in there. Yeah. He's not I, I haven't great. seen a fast film since Fast Five, maybe. And uh, yeah, the I, times, mate. I know, yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't. So I don't really remember him too much in the film. As you said, I think he was like a side character. He's like the comic relief that's in about a couple of scenes, maybe. Not he doesn't even have a subplot really. But yeah. the thing is, is that I'm sure I read that it is a prequel. So it's a prequel about his character Hobbs and. You know, surely Tyrese Gibson's character wouldn't be in it because they, <laughs> so he's they, never met him. Exactly. <laughs> no, but he's annoyed because it's now holding up Fast and the Furious Nine. So oh, yeah, I know which is. Oh, so he's not getting his. He's paycheck. not getting his yeah, paycheck no, from the next okay, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, as you said, the most bankable actor in the world right now. Uh, he he's is golden, isn't he? Oh, he's rock. brilliant. I love yeah. his Instagram as well. Like all the behind the scenes of the films he's yeah. in, it, it's absolutely brilliant. Is it good? Yeah, like, it's really good. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. But he's the most profitable actor over the past two years mm. as in he's made the most money for himself and for the studios he's yeah. worked with as well oh, so really? yeah yeah and you know he, uh, amongst a whole host of other things he's like the sexiest man alive as well not just my opinion that's... <laughs> there has been a poll <laughs> yeah although it is my opinion as well um, no coincidence yeah uh, so you know a, a bit of a silly ultimatum but well watch this space we'll see who they choose yeah Okay, so my piece of news for the week is that dun dun dun, the Dark Universe might be in a bit of trouble uh, as two of its producers, Alex Kurtzman and Chris Morgan, have now dropped out of the franchise. Uh, so what this is, is this is um, Universal's monsters uh, have all been coming together and they're going to be assembled in the dark universe. Do you mind doing a list of Universal's monsters? What? So we've got the okay, mummy. Okay, so we've got the mummy with uh, Tom Cruise. Then yeah. we've got Dracula. It was supposed to be, the first film was supposed to be Dracula Untold with Luke Evans. Yes. Which came out a couple of years ago, but that didn't do that well. Nope. So they said we're going to start it for realsies this time <laughs> with uh, Tom Cruise. <laughs> false start, guys. False start. <laughs> well, just don't worry, don't worry, yeah, don't worry. <laughs> At the sun of my eyes. Uh, Tom no, Cruise again. Yeah, Tom Cruise in the mummy the box. Uh, which oh, okay. I watched last week and it was woeful it was absolutely terrible mm. didn't do that well in the box Got office panned, either yeah. uh, so they had Russell Crowe in there was playing Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde They've also got Johnny Depp uh, signed on to play the Invisible Man. Mm. Uh, they've got Javier Bardem as uh, um, the werewolf. I can't remember his name. So, so they've got a number of people, and it was all going to kind of blend together, a la you know, sort of um, Marvel. Marvel, yeah. Everyone wants to be do, do exactly. what Marvels do. However, because of the absolute bombing of. Um, the mummy is in it didn't make a single dime in the well it, well it did but you know it, yeah not it, what they yeah made in the box office especially you know because they hired tom cruise specifically for that 
you know, to draw in the money uh, and it didn't work. So now they're having to rethink their options. And one of the main options that they're thinking about now is to auction off the films um, and do them as one-off films by other filmmakers rather than be in a series. Interesting. I, I think they should just walk away from the characters a bit. I, th- I don't think there's any space for them at the moment. I think they need to do something a bit fresh and new. I yeah. think they want to... What would be good is if they can try and see what the next big thing will be and do that, but... I don't and think I, those I characters. Mind. There's no more space. I just no, don't. No, no. I, I actually, you know, I think. I don't it, want to see a Dracula film. You know. I, I, yeah. I, I think that there is, there is, there is space for them. I just think they need to be done well. And if you watch the Mummy, it is awful. Like the script is just non-coherent. You know, the characters are just not even one-dimensional. They're almost non-existent, and it just the whole thing is just a complete mess. And, you know, when you look at the original Mummy, well, when I say the original, well, the one Brendan from the Frazier. 90s with uh, Brendan Fraser. Do love that film. Yeah, that, that that's was, one of my favourites. Yeah, it's a great yeah, film. It was, it was an absolutely amazing film. But and it was fun, wasn't it? Exactly. I bet, was, it, was the Tom Cruise one, was it quite dark? It was too dark and it yeah. took itself too serious yeah. as well. Uh, anyway, uh, so uh, just moving on, Joel, what is your piece of news of the week? <laughs> Well, my news was going to be that piece of news. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is why we always yeah, should compare beforehand. Uh, but I and did. I wouldn't even mind, but you didn't even contribute anything. To <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just furiously Googling yeah. in the background, mate. Uh, we, I did have a spare piece of news. And, um, you know, as a kid, I watched a lot of the uh, animated Spider-Man show. And I know you, you oh, did yeah, as well, Gav. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's a massive kind of character arc. I'm sure you remember with uh, he's kind of a, a vampire called Morbius. Morbius, yeah. Yeah, apparently they are making on top of the Venom film, they're making a Morbius film as well. Um, so that's going to be in like the Sony, I don't know, Spider Man slash Marvel Someone else universe. Bringing but, more monsters in. Yeah, but yeah. I don't really understand how this is going to work without Spider Man in it. You know, I, I think Venom is maybe pushing it a little bit without Spider Man in there, but Morbius, you know. I don't think there's ever been like a backstory. You well, know, for it's, the it's about how he gets to become a vampire. So you could have all that without Spider-Man being in it. But the whole thing was that he was a, a side character to Spider-Man. So it, it would just be like another generic sort of vampire is he, film. Is he a good character? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, it was a massive kind of story arc. I remember for yeah. a kid, it went on for like weeks and weeks. Probably the biggest one. Yeah. That I remember as a kid, anyway. Well, Sam Raimi originally wanted to include him in his next Spider-Man film. What, Spider-Man 4? Spider-Man 4, yeah. It was going to use the Vulture and possibly Morbius as well. So I think that would have been quite interesting, but alas, we didn't get it. Uh, we got Spider-Man 3. <laughs> no, no, we already had Spider-Man 3, and we've already had this discussion of why it's a good film. <laughs> no, we had two terrible um, Andrew Garfield ones. Uh, anyway, yeah. So, um, so what, what do you think, Alex? Do you think it's to go? Um, no, like no, I said, no I think room. I've said this before. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of dumb with superhero franchises. I'm just not very interested. So, I don't know. Maybe a good film, but I'd, I'd be more up for something fresh and new. So, when it's like, is it a completely new thing? Is a completely new villain? Watch this. Then, yeah, I'm up for it. But yeah, when you when I say comic book character, I'm just a bit like, ah, okay, okay. Right. Well, thank you very much, everyone, for the news. Hang on. That was much better than your first yeah, go. Yeah. Sorry, and I was just trying to—I was just trying to speed it up. I was just like—I realised after the first go, oh, man, this is a very long song. It's a very—it te- is a very tedious song. I do agree. Yeah. <laughs> My heart will go on. 
Right, okay. So as we said before, uh, the concept of the show is to take a film and put it on trial. This week's film is Titanic. So um, in the role of the judge is going to be Joel. His role is to listen to both sets of arguments and make a final decision as to whether the film will be placed on the hit list or the shit list based on the arguments that are put forward to him and not his opinions. Defending Titanic is going to be Alex. He's going to be trying to put it on the hit list. And prosecuting Titanic is going to be Austin, who's going to be trying to condemn it to the shit list. And I am going to be lending my genuine opinion to either side of the argument as the character witness. So just to give a bit of context about the film, I'm going to read out a synopsis. Uh, what would you like this to be? In Fabrizio's Italian oh. accent. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> okay, right. A 17-year-old aristocrat falls in love with a kind but poor artist abroad, the luxurious, ill-fated RMS Titanic. You sound like the Count from the Muppets. <laughs> right, okay, right. And, and Fabrizio. Yeah, exactly right. like Fabrizio. It's brilliant. So, so what, what I usually do is we usually have a quiz that will try and tie in with one of the points that you raise, but I don't think this one actually fits in with one of the points that you raise. So... I think we're just going to, before we even start, right off the bat, have a good quiz. Who's up for it? Yeah, let's do it. Right. Okay. So, so, um, I've I've, I've actually got a quiz song for this. Oh, good. Yeah. We're all in quiz together. (laughs) No no high school musical fans here. I, I forgot we've also got a film song as well. I keep on forgetting the film songs. Uh, Titanic off the streets of London. <laughs> Titanic <laughs> off Port of Southampton. Oh, wow. I wonder too. Right, okay, right. Anyway, right. This this quiz, it's a bit different this week. This quiz is called That Sinking Feeling. Oh. Terrible sequels. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, I'm going to list off a few sequels and you've got to tell me if they happened or if i've just made them up so just say true or false if they exist or not okay that makes sense yeah yeah, okay so we're gonna start with uh first off number one titanic 2 alex uh false i mean they they did not make a titanic 2 joel false Austin, is it called Titanic Two, or are we saying there is a sequel? That, that's two? what I'm saying. The name of the is called okay, Titanic then Two. I'm saying false. Oh, it's true. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry, Kat. What? What do you mean? Yeah, yeah it's uh, it's it's starring and produced and I think written and directed by Dick Van Dyke's son, and it is <laughs> of course. Basically, they they make a new Titanic called Titanic Two. Surely, literally, literally called Titanic yeah, Two. It's called Titanic Two. Surely, the same thing can't happen yeah, again. It's can it? <laughs> but it, it don't, anyway, it's it's not that it hits an iceberg. Um, what happens is that there's an accident and a giant. Actually, no, it does hit an iceberg. I'm <laughs> idea. It's basically more like Bizarre Adventure Two. Anyway, right. Uh, number two, uh, Alex. Deja vu two. Deja vu again. Deja vu. Uh, <laughs> true or false? False. Joel. False. Boston. True. No, it is false. Oh. I'm sorry. I was just confused <laughs> that too, too neat. <laughs> Deja vu two again. Okay. Uh, right. Number two. Uh, Lawrence of Arabia two. Jesus. Uh, it's possible they did. So I'm going to say true. 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 It is true. It's called The Dangerous Man, Lawrence After Arabia. 
Uh, did you know this was an unofficial sequel that was made for TV a year after the original was re-released in the cinema? It starred Ray Fiennes, who can file this away in the cupboard of films he would rather forget. Uh, right, okay. Um, okay, number three, The Birds 2. What, as in the Hitchcock? Yes. Yes, definitely someone would have tried to do that, yeah. Um, false. True. It is true, it is true. It's The Birds 2, Land's End. Did you know the director hated the result so much that he chose to have his name removed from the credits? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, oh, wow. th- there's a name they call themselves that, isn't there? There's a certain name that directors call themselves when they, they've had themselves. They would know it. I think they they've brought it up before as well, yeah. a few episodes back. Yeah. But, um, so, also, weirdly, uh, Tippi Hendren returned in this film, but oh, she God. played a different character. What, really? <laughs> <Yeah>. oh, Tippi. <laughs> very, very odd. Tippi okay, uh, number four. Uh, Hello. Oh no, go. The 39 Steps 2. Oh, well, the 40 Steps. <laughs> false. 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 It is false, yeah. Just made that up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, next one The Italian Job 2. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Also true. No, that one's false as yeah. well. Sorry, guys. I would have thought. Well, someone's now going to listen to this and try and do it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Okay, the next one, American Psycho 2. Yes, I think that's true. True. I think I saw that in a shite DVD. I think I saw it in your DVD collection. <laughs> <laughs> Stop looking at my DVD collection. I'm going to say true as well, based true. on the confidence of Alex. <laughs> it is true, and I do have it on DVD. Hey. Uh, it stars Mila Kunis as a student who is driven to murder after she kills Patrick Bateman. It also features William Shatner as a college professor and an FBI agent. Let's put it on, let's put it on after the podcast. Okay, and the last one here is um, 2001 Space Odyssey 2. What, 2002? <laughs> 2002. Uh, I'd say, space I'd say sadly someone will have tried to do that. Oh, that's got to be false. It just I'm, doesn't work. I'm saying false. It is true. Oh my God. <laughs> in 2010, it's called The Year We Made Contact. Uh, and did you know, director Peter Hames said that he <laughs> wouldn't direct the sequel without Stanley Kubrick's blessing. Uh, did Stanley Kubrick give his blessing? No, he was dead. <laughs> <laughs> so good now, so fuck it. Yeah. Guys, he honestly said we could do this. <laughs> sure. He spoke yeah, to yeah, me. Yeah. He spoke to me in a he's dream. He's got a letter here. I've got it. Yeah. Right, okay, so thank you very much, everyone. So without further hesitation, I'm going to pass it over to our judge for the week, Joel. Thank you. Okay, so on to the main part of the show. I am judging today. Austin, you're prosecuting. Alex, you're defending. Who wants to go first? I don't mind going first. I think I'll go first, I think. (laughs) Austin. (laughs) I'm going to get in. I'm going to get in beforehand. I will let you get in before I'm uh, I'm worried that your experience will shine through, so I'm going to get in with my attacks. Well, it's okay. He put my film on the shit list. (laughs) Let let, let that not intrude on your judgment here, Don't tell me how to judge. (laughs) Jesus. Come on, guys. Come on. Don't make me get the sound effects out. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so... Genuinely, I think Titanic like had so much promise. I reckon it was a chance for James Cameron. He could have told like one of the most the story of the most infamous disaster. Genuinely, I think uh, the survivor accounts of the Titanic voyage are probably incredibly gripping. The official accounts of the journey they're probably amazing. You know, the first sight of this, the iceberg, the lit- litany of errors that led to it sinking. You know, that's got to be interesting. And instead. We got this, this three hours and 14 minutes, mate. It seemed like it was 
I couldn't believe it. It, was, it felt like it was written by a 14 year old girl. You know, it's like as part of her English homework, just then she was told to write a diary of what her life was like mm-hmm. on the on the Titanic. It, oh, it was awful. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how it managed to make 12 years. This was the most popular film Indeed. Uh, of, of all time. Oh, that's one of my And thoughts. I cannot believe that that's the case. <laughs> I was I was going to bring up sort of, you know, how, how maybe I'm in the minority. How could I be so wrong? And then I thought of like recent political events. In which I was in the minority right. again. So <laughs> often I wrong. I want to bring it up. Yeah, yeah. But um, okay. So there's. Uh, let me get into it. I think there's so many things that I could talk about for why this deserves to be on a shit list. First, the length. This is like I said, three hours and fourteen minutes, and I've seen it twice now. That's six hours and twenty-eight minutes of my life. <laughs> I'm not getting back. And um, yeah. Uh, uh, I, secondly. I don't. What's what's the story meant to be? What was James Cameron trying to say? Is it a disaster movie? Is it a love story? Is it a comedy? Because it doesn't seem to do any of them. There's not enough. Uh, there's not enough love within there for it to be like a chick flick. It's not lighthearted enough for it to be that. <laughs> there's not enough funny moments in it for it to be a comedy. And, and well, the disaster section is like it seems to be an afterthought. It's sort of 27 minutes at the end of the film, which I thought was actually really good, but. Up until then, oh man, it was it was tedious. It was slow. Uh, yeah, it's unbelievable. The entire section of that, it was just unbelievable. Um, I mean, if it's not even it's not even an action film like that end bit, it could have been great. But it's two hours between the opening credits, which was reminiscent of like Jurassic Park, epic flying in on a helicopter, huge vast open space, and then. Two hours of an old lady retelling a story that probably didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe it. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I thought during the helicopter bit at the moment, I thought I might get something out of this. Maybe it's going to be a tough, a tough show. But yeah, the heli- we just left with that. The yeah. helicopter bit right at the start. That yes, was, yes, that was your, very, that was your, this that is that was your moment good. where you thought this is going to be okay. Uh, I t- well, sorry. Okay, so I turned off at about the moment where the the painting. The awesome, uh, the, the the charcoal drawing, you know, the French girl gets uh, gets gets brushed out from the, uh, the finds it in his in his chest, clean it off, and then it switches to this geriatric old lady. Can't remember a thing. She can't even look after herself. She sees this picture, suddenly it's all come back to her. I know everything. I, I can remember it like it was yesterday. No, no way. <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's just totally unbelievable. I mean, I can. I can I can almost understand why it appeals to 14-year-old girls, and that's probably what's kept it so popular all these years. But, I mean, I'm going to go on record. I'm not a 14-year-old girl, and I never have been. Spoiler. Oh, my God. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> and um, I just I cannot relate to it in the slightest. Okay, so, Alex, would you like to pick some of those points apart? I will, I will rebut those <laughs> and how. Um are you I'm, saying that Austin is a 14-year-old girl? He, just to start <laughs> off with, I'm looking at him right now and he's clearly a 14-year-old girl, <laughs> if you can't hear that on the microphone. Um, you know, just just to go with like Austin's first point, you know, which is a thing I think a lot of people bring up about Titanic, is, is which it's a very long film, but it's not too long. This is an epic film of in, in, the, in the way that many films are like in the tradition it's of it's epic films. Epic in length. Epic in length, uh, epic in scope, it. epic in in its grandeur. It's it's dealing with one of the biggest disasters. It's dealing with one of the biggest 
one of the most memorable things that's ever happened in history. This is a grand film, and it, and it, and it approaches its subject matter with, with some care. You know, James Cameron had a really difficult job. So, you know, when Austin's saying, you know, what is it? Is it a love story? Is it a disaster film? Like, James Cameron had a really, really difficult job to do here. What he was trying to do is, like, people are buying tickets to go and see Titanic, right? And what they're buying tickets for is to see this ship sink. You know, that's what they're going, you know, they know Titanic, the ship sinks, that's why you go and see Titanic, right? So he's got a really hard job. What he's what he's trying to do is he's trying to av- avoid it turning into some sort of like, for want of a better word, disaster porn, where people are just watching it to just enjoy the, the disaster unfolding that they've they've bought the tickets to go and see. So how do I can't you make them? If you just use the word disaster porn, I, it is it's, it's one of the top ten searches on Pornhub. <laughs> Joel is. of all people can't believe that. So. I know that says so. Right, it, but you know, do you know what I mean by that? I mean, I mean, like people just watch it just to see people drowning and people, you know, the, the ship sinking. You know, that's why people would have bought. That's why people would have bought tickets to go and see Titanic. Um, so James Cameron had to make people want the disaster which they've paid to see not to happen which is really difficult for him to have done you know at the end of a film you don't want the disaster to have happened i mean that's what as an audience you shouldn't want that so how do you do that well you do it with by connecting with characters and using a very simple love story which is really simple based basically on like the romeo and juliet sort of shakespearean love story you know it you know it's it's quite so simple somehow you could almost say it's derivative but i mean it's derivative that's exactly what i, was well, going I to would say, say but it is that simple it is derivative <laughs> but it's derivative of shakespeare and you know it's not a bad person to derive you know a love story from he knows what he, he knew what he was doing uh, he, but as well as this you know you got you know in, in you know if we go with uh, romeo and juliet you've got the you know the montagues and the capulets well here you've got the two different classes and he adds another layer to it so you've got the class differences as well so that adds another layer to the film. You've got the experience of the, through the disaster, you know, you've got their experiences as a, you know, going from lovers from, you know, a first class to the third class, uh, which is really good because it all links in then with the disaster that comes later. So I would say the plot is very well thought through. He knew, James Cameron knew exactly what he was doing. You know, my main thing is also, when I was watching it, I was thinking, but what about that first bit? Because it is long and I was thinking, what about that first bit? You know, when you've got the the old woman as Austin was saying, you know, you've got the old woman at the start. Is that really necessary? But it absolutely is because you do need a device to get you to engage with the film, which is the diamond, you know, looking for the diamond. But that becomes more and more irrelevant as, you know, as what actually what you see, what is truly lost and what truly needs to be found is not the diamond, but the the, the lives that have been lost through, through, the, through the sinking of a ship. You know, by the time the iceberg strikes, which is, you know, what the people have been, you know, waiting to see, you're so engrossed in this beautiful love story. And honestly, I'm not, I, I think it's beautiful. Hold on. Just let me finish one thought. Um, it, like by the time the iceberg actually strikes, like the doom of what you, what is going to happen is really heavy on you. And the scale, which is brought through the use of incredible special effects, which in this film isn't a means to an end, but the end in it, in it, no, sorry, it's not the end. So sometimes in, in films you see a film that's done really good special effects and that's uh, that's the reason to go and watch the film. This is a means to an end and it's just brought so horrifically home. You know, you, yeah, you, you do get that the Titanic's going to sink, but I don't think anyone that watches a film realises the true horrifying nature of what it would have been like to experience it, which is what the CGI really brings over. And, you know, but at the final scenes, when it comes full circle, what we see is like an end to the trauma. So I think this this plot is so beautifully done it's 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 a it's a really really 
tricky thing for James Cameron to have done, but he absolutely hit a home run on this. I've got to rebut. I have to fit. I, I'm firing a rebuttal your <laughs> way. There is, the, I mean, the entire thing's derivative. It's formulaic. It it mm. felt just incredibly just obvious what was coming. The the classes were depicted. They were stereotypical. Everything about it just seemed oh, just just really obvious. Did you think they were stereotypical? Yeah, the, the way the, the, the Celtic class. the Celtic group in the third class all dancing and drinking Guinness. Mm. Yeah, all having a lovely time up up top. It's the English guys all what it all with their monocles and quaffing uh, whiskies. It was just like cruel English men up top, really heroic Celtic working class down right. below. It, oh man, it was I just think it was so new. I it think was so Hollywood, I, Celtic. Of it. it was like Braveheart. It's that sort of. I think there was a lot more nuance to it as well. But also, he couldn't overcomplicate it. The film was already three hours. You know, he can't overcomplicate it and make it too complicated. It's already so two he's and got a half to, hours he's got too to, long. So he's got to sort of do the broad strokes a bit on the class. But I do think he puts a bit of nuance in it. I don't think the, the steerage is just all people, you know, drink. I think it, the, the, the point he was trying to do is it's like. What, and what I really liked about it is that actually wealth seemed like something that would trap you and, you know, the sort of the poverty was freeing in it, which I thought was a very powerful message and something that was is a really good message, I think, that actually being poorer was kind of being freer, even though you were treated very badly. And I also loved the way the he'd also use... The, this film is a lot about freedom and it's a lot about Rose becoming a freer person. And the way they used to ship as a symbol of freedom, you know, going to America, immigrants going over. So, yeah, the Celtic. And, I, you know, and I wouldn't say particularly sometimes some of the <laughs> the nationalities are, 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 are treated with a massive amount of sort of nuance in it. Of respect. Of respect. Well, you know, Fabrizio, I wouldn't say. I think he was Italian. Uh, but yeah, I'm not. I, thought, I thought I'd turn my N64 on and Mario Kart had started, honestly. Yeah. Oh, it was terrible. But Honestly, oh, I can't believe that they get away with that. But there's so many complex things going on. I do think they needed to do some simple broad strokes. That guy's here. actually Italian, by the way. What, the actual actor? He's a genuine Italian guy. <laughs> His dad's Italian. He, moved well, to, he only moved well, to America when they were a kid. Go. And still, that was the there Italian accent that came out of it. And everybody said to him, yeah, that's okay. Carry on, mate. Don't you worry. It's not, you know, I'm, I'm not saying the great way it's treated, but it is also bringing in the immigrants. It's talking about immigrants approaching America and the idea of it being a ship going towards freedom, which is also a big part of Rose's character arc. Okay, Gav, I'm going to bring you here before um, we kind of go around in circles. Uh, but Austin has said it's kind of a, a very infamous story, which is just kind of badly written and badly told. It's very, very long, three hours, 14 minutes, probably two too long the story and the the genre kind of very mixed it doesn't really have like one particular identity it's tedious and slow uh the kind of old woman scenes with rose when she's older are kind of a little bit pointless um after seeing the picture she just kind of seems to instantly remember everything it's formulaic uh, Are you giving notes or just <laughs> recounting verbatim what Austin's just you, said? You'd better be saying about what I've just said. I, that's I, I'm, gi- I'm giving you an, an overview so you can... <laughs> Didn't think you were listening. Uh, <laughs> hey, Joel, Joel, don't worry, man, I listened to them. I listened to them both. Uh, okay. I've got my notes here. Right, um, I think I'm going to uh, side with Austin on this one. Sorry, Alex. What the f- uh, 
<laughs> it's because nice I didn't give you Alex's notes as well. Actually, Joel, tell uh, me what Brucey said again. Maybe, maybe I didn't. Maybe I didn't take any decent notes. But Alex, uh, Brucey said it's not too long. It's dealing with a big disaster, and people go and see it for that reason. Um, but that he kind of uses a, f- a formula to ensure the audience don't want the disaster to happen by using a love story. Uh, to that effect, so it kind of plays with your emotions in the fact that you know it's going to happen, uh, but you don't want it to happen, um, and uh, a few other points as well. Okay, well, thank you very much, Joel. Yeah, I'm still going to side with us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and I, I understand exactly what Alex was saying before, uh, mm. but I, I, mm. I watched it. <laughs> Stop being so bitter. <laughs> but, uh, so, because this is me just giving my genuine opinion when I was watching it. I, I thought that um, Cameron actually showed no respects for the lives or deaths of the real-life passengers because he didn't concentrate enough on the actual travesty. He concentrated more or decided to focus more of his concentration on this made-up love scene, this 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 whole love story, which was... To, to get people involved in the actual, like, passengers and people who were dying. I mean, that's oh, and I would have it. I would have rather have had a character study of some of the people that were actually on board. Maybe if he would character have... Stuff. A biopic. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's biopic. Character study of, like, who? Uh, any of the passengers? Any of the real-life like, passengers? Like, like Rose and Jack, maybe. They weren't real-life passengers. They were made-up. They were made-up characters for this film. It was essentially just a shit love story that he was like, how can I get this love story out? I'll, I'll just disguise it within like I, the Titanic. Is, this is everything I was trying to say, but done in a far more experienced <laughs> manner. And and to, to, right, to, to me, honestly, he did... He did to the Titanic what Michael Bay did to Pearl Harbor. <laughs> Piss off. <laughs> Don't make that... No, honestly, no. I would have rather have, have him actually used uh, the real lives, the people who were actually on board. I wanted to know about the people who were on board. I didn't want some fake, made-up Hollywood love story about the class what, system, what, which I don't think you, was even explored properly. What? It was. Explored it wasn't. It was just a case watch of like, a, here's a, a guy. Entry about the Titanic. Then or watch a Hollywood film that's going to do. A love no, story. Don't try and pedal. <laughs> don't try and pedal your poor love stories through a disaster, a national travesty. Like, it's just like, oh, hang on, I need to get people. To watch uh, uh, Kate Winslet and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio shagging a car. Uh, how, how can I get that? Oh, I'll just, uh, I don't know, I'm not put them on sure. the Titanic. That's why James Cameron made Titanic to get, pe- <laughs> to get people. No, I'm, okay, get, getting back on track. Uh, the love story I didn't think it was very believable. It seemed to be a case of, you know, they they met and they fall madly in love. And that's that. There's no kind of, there's no depth to the love story at all. There's no depth to the, the to the um, why they want to be together. I thought the introduction of Rose was really good um, initially because she is battling with depression. She's about to commit suicide. Jack saves her, and then that's never, ever mentioned again, the fact that she was upset or she was close to suicide. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah I can't believe how genuinely <laughs> bitter you are by this. Upset, yeah. It's like you never, upset. ever... But no, that, participated know, but in that the show one, before. That one's just not true. <laughs> right, okay, right. The, right okay, here's one that definitely is true. The dialogue is utterly poor. Uh, I, I've, I've got a few lines here. Uh, 
I'll never let go, which is mentioned several times throughout it. A woman, a woman's heart is a deep ocean of secrets. Like this, the dialogue is is incredibly poor. It's like paper thin. Uh, I also hated the like knowing winks to the future, like they mentioned oh, about. Uh, yeah. Picasso, yeah. Oh, 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 that Picasso guy. He's <laughs> was, never going to yeah. amount to Bro- much, is he? Oh, okay, that, oh, there was that, a lot. Oh, I forgot all about it. That. Wasn't great. Bro- yeah. Oh. No, I, I, I honestly, Alex, I, I understand. I know you're very angry at the I'm, moment. I'm, I'm not looking at you. As you say, I know it's very, you're very angry, but I, I feel like he could have done a lot more with the story. Is what I'm trying to say. I feel like he could have made it about. You know, like the immigrant struggle, you know, when we went down to the, the bowels of the, the ship and there was all the working class people and they were enjoying themselves and having a great time. I would have much preferred to have seen their version of the Titanic rather than just like kind of a fleeting glance of, oh, yeah, by the way, Jack's poor and oh, Rose is dead rich. Okay. <laughs> Alex. I can't, I genuinely cannot believe how angry you are at this to anybody might disagree with you that Titanic <laughs> isn't a good just, film. Just not, I feel like, like, not, not I, disagree in the right way. That's I, what I'm, I feel incredibly <laughs> safe that I've got this little Rottweiler next to me, no, ready to, this is Christ, character witness, character assassination. <laughs> what he essentially did is took my, my skeleton argument there and just fleshed it out yeah, yeah. with an independent I know. opinion, I'm, which I'm is just, what really matters here. I am, I am just offering my independent opinion. <laughs> uh, right, no, right, okay, right. So things that you to, mentioned. To be fair, I'm just going to butt in. I am going to disregard some of his comments just because I've, you've got to judge it on the film and not what you want it to be. So even though you wanted to see some more of the immigrants or whatever, you've got to judge it on what hey, we are. Rather. I've got I've got Rottweiler and he's the judge. <laughs> <laughs> I, listen, I was. That's all I'm saying. Right? My dad's I'm, bigger than you. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying that it was a poor story that was like kind of the, the, the fact that it was the Titanic was very thinly veiled that, that, you know, it was almost used as a tool to get this love story across. And that was it. Okay. Alex, do you want to uh, try and scrape, scrape your way back out the barrel? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, okay. Well, I'm just going to go into uh, talking about casting characters for a little bit. Um, you know, the acting, I think, in this is really, really strong. Uh, I thought, like Leonardo DiCaprio, I mean, this propelled him and Kate Winslet into some, like, into their incredible careers. Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet, despite what has been said, portray just an incredible love story. Like, it's really, really gripping. I absolutely loved it, and many, many, many people would agree with that. Uh, I think Leonardo DiCaprio shows he's he's got an incredible, even though he's so young, he shows an incredible lot of maturity in the role. And he really brings that idea of experience. You can't, you can't chuckle as, as I'm talking. Like, uh, Kate also, I think Kate Winslet does, uh, she does a fantastic job in this because she goes from sort of, as Gav was saying, sort of starting off as being very, you know, ready to sort of break out and being complete, you know, being suicidal and being completely trapped by the life she's in, which also links again in with her sort of upper class upbringing. Um, to then sort of her emerging strength coming out of it. And there's some fantastic... I mean, the script in this is amazing. And some it's, of the lines in it no. are brilliant. Okay, no, no, I'm going to finish. Uh, I'm going like, to let you finish. Thank, thank, <laughs> thank you. The, uh, like the, the, the line when, he's, when she's talking to her mum and, you know, the, the, you know, she's saying, you know, you must go with uh, Cal, Billy Zane's character. Uh, and she says, you know, says it's, it's not fair. And she goes, we're women. We're, we're, you know, we're women. Our choices are never fair. You know... But it's the fact that Leonardo DiCaprio brings it over those, you know, it goes past the class differences and it comes to just the freedom, which is, like I said before, what the ship is sort of 
symbolises in the film. And her emerging strength, her character changes a lot in this film. And her emerging strength is amazing. You know, when he's asking her about, you know, that fire is going to go out, you know, you, you can see it happening. You know, when she's when they're having that conversation, you can see that if she doesn't go with him, yeah, the fire will go out. And, you know, she throughout the disaster, it's all linked in fantastically in the film, the way the disaster brings out that strength in her character. There's also an incredible supporting cast. It's star-studded, but not enough to distract. I've literally got on my notes Bernard Hill's name, Surrounded in Hearts. He is <laughs> incredible in this film as the captain. You know, and, and you know, get, you know, Gav was saying that there wasn't enough about the his- history of it. Well, I mean, just look at the way Bernard Hill betrays the captain. You know, pushed into it by the I think is it the Disraeli character, the guy who says, you know, but the ship can't sink. Another iconic line that is known throughout the throughout the land. Um, but Bernard Hill, the way he portrays it, the way he, so it's not an easy role for him at all. Um, he him just brings that sort of the, the the doing what he knows isn't right, and then knowing that he's caused a complete catastrophe, and his sort of complete blank can't accept it and then just he, he's just fantastic and he could have played it so many different ways but he does it so well just my last point because i know i've been talking for a while and i'm sorry is just to say the extras in this i mean it's not just the the main actors it's not just the supporting cast i'm gonna bring in the extras i think the way that when the scenes when the cgi isn't being used which isn't overused it's just use of a ship but when the real you know when the actual places are being flooded i think it was fantastic the way they didn't use cgi for that and you know there's actual water going through the sorry the corridors and into the actual ballroom you know that you've got the, the the extras screaming and showing really horrified faces and i think they, they absolutely nailed it you know you've got some beautiful moments like the old couple on the bed where as the water gushes as they're kissing it's so poignant you know honestly i actually choked up when i saw that i hadn't seen it for ages and the child acting as well is very very good. Like when the you know the mums putting them to bed, you know. So it's the little moments that are dotted in that do show us the life of. As Gav was saying, it didn't show us about enough ordinary people. We find about the you know the the musicians that were acting. We find out about these the old couple. You know, we we find out about a lot. There's a moment, just a very little bit, where we shoot past someone who's speaking in a different languages. He's trying to find a lifeboat, and that just gets across to you. Oh my, you know, imagine being on a boat that's sinking and you can't even read the language. You know, so I. I, I just think all the acting in this, and especially the, the supporting cast, I could have gone through so many more people, is outstanding. All right. Uh, okay, Austin. I, I'm astounded that you have managed... You have been here for 21 episodes now. You have watched some absolutely brilliant films. Yes, I have. And you managed to say that the acting in this was good. I think you are one of the only people to think the acting was in this was good. Back in 2012, Kate Winslet said my acting in the titanic is awful i quote awful every single scene i'm like really really did i do it like that oh my god even my american accent i cannot listen to it kate winslet is embarrassed by probably the biggest film she's ever been in leonardo dicaprio couldn't even watch through 18 minutes of it according to james cameron when he saw him in 2012 as well just happens to be an article from 2012 that I, uh, that I took that from. The two star roles, they, they hate it. They think it's an awful, awful job. They're I mean, wrong. it probably paid them, you know, it made them who they are, but, but they hate it. They're both wrong. And the, the supporting cast, the, the, the uh, what do you call them? The extras, mate. Those, oh, some of that was absolutely terrible. The acting was just woeful. You managed to pick up probably with the one 
good line that Rose has got in there that she delivers well. Everything else is just so wooden, so forced, so just feels so, it feels really infantile. The the dialogue I felt it was uh, yeah it could have been written by by a school kid. It's just a it really did it felt it didn't feel like it was felt it was it was thought through at all. It was just really forced. I've got a note here that that bit in the suicide uh, section. So I thought okay this is really good. You know she's she's clearly got issues. We can get behind her. She climbs over. She oh, it's just massively selfish. It's it's fourteen year old girl all over it. She she climbs over, he saves her, then she lies about it, gets him in trouble. She's just constantly lying, constantly being selfish. And and I thought, you know what, something like that, when I write it down, I think about it, it's like, okay, that's good acting because I'm angry about her. But no, everything, she's so, oh, the dialogue is just so forced. It constantly distracts me from from the film. And maybe it could have been an okay love story, but the dialogue just... Just you know, if you forget that it's the Titanic, the CGI. I'm gonna even let you said that you know it's only there for when it's a big ship. But the sets, some of that is just is awful. I mean, the cor- the corridor scenes are very good, but I mean, there's a lot of them. There's probably 45 minutes of them. It's just like waltzing down this corridor. Actually, I tell a lie. There's not 45 minutes. It it's only happens from sort of like 37 minutes but, onwards. Yeah, but, but it just felt like it went on forever. These they just the same scene you know we've got to swim under this little bit grab onto these pipes swim under this little bit and it just felt like the sense of peril it it wasn't there for as long as it should have been you didn't feel a sense of peril watching it occasionally yeah occasionally and then suddenly the he's got enough time oh have a little practice swing of that axe oh yeah don't worry don't worry that yeah swing that one you've got to put and, a bit of levity uh, yeah it was just it felt tedious it felt forced it was just I couldn't. I couldn't get behind it in any way. Yeah, and I really wanted to. Okay, Gav, you've got to be a little less aggressive this time. But <laughs> what, I what? wasn't aggressive. I was fine. Alex was the one who baited me like a he's, bear at a he, circus. He says in an extremely <laughs> angry voice, doesn't he? You'll be asked to leave the courtroom soon. <laughs> My house. <laughs> yes, get out. Get out your house. Right. Okay. Um, I'm actually going to agree with Alex on this one. Um, I do think the acting was really good. What? Why are you so surprised? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> right. he's, he's angry again now. I, I did a comedy splutter of my drink there. <laughs> now, I do think the acting is, is really good in this. Uh, the supporting cast especially, like Billy Zane, uh, Kathy Bates. Uh, th- I'll some... give you Billy Zane. Billy Zane was very good. <laughs> yeah. thank, thank you, Austin. <laughs> Even though he played the, uh, the arsehole, uh, as we've established in so many podcast episodes beforehand i do think you need a bit of a over-the-top arsehole to drive a film forward and he did a very good job of doing that really did... saying your boyfriend or something hey <laughs> i find that comment it's slightly homophobic <laughs> and if i was to have a boyfriend then yes it would be billy zane because he's I mean, an awesome you do, man you could do a lot worse exactly Right, anyway, if Billy is listening, um, please <laughs> please DM me. I'd love to catch up and have a drink sometime. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so I think Billy Zane was terrific in it. I also think that a lot of the other extras were very good. Alex said about the child actors. I thought they were they were very good. You know, We mentioned child actors in a previous episode before. I think they did a, a, a tremendous job, to be honest, because sometimes it can be really hard um, to act when you haven't had a lot of years behind you, a lot of years of, of experience and knowledge. And especially to convey that sort of emotion as well, and that, because obviously you know it's it, it's it, obviously a, a situation that uh, none of the actors had been in 
Uh, but obviously the child actors have got even less experience of something like that because they probably would, wouldn't have even heard of the Titanic beforehand, maybe. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I think yeah that coupled with the visuals as well um, were the saving graces for the film. I think the visuals were absolutely stunning. I, mean, I remember at the time watching it in the cinema, I might not have appreciated the actual film itself, um, well, you know, the kind of story behind it anyway, but the special effects I thought were absolutely amazing. And uh, yeah, yeah, so I think the performances were very good. So, so I will agree with Alex on that. Although I'd, I think Austin is right a little bit, Kate Winslet's uh, American accent and Leonardo DiCaprio's accent, they, they do fall to its stages, but they give a good enough performance that you can get past that. Okay, so I think we're pretty much at the closing argument stage. So, have we got a gong today? Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> um, so, who wants to go first with the 60 seconds? I'll go first. All right. We ready, Gav? Yep. Right, go. And go. Right. Okay. So, I'm going to say the music's iconic. You know, it's got a song that everyone knows. Uh, the direction and editing was absolutely flawless. If you don't believe me that some of this film is just incredible and it's got a really good love story, then just, you know, remember, if you're going to put this on the hit list, this is a film that ran out of reels. Cinemas were asking for reels to be actually given because they'd actually worn out the projection reels. It had one of the biggest box offices of all time. It was still being shown at cinemas uh, whilst it was being released on VHS. I think it got 13 Oscars. So this is a film that is loved by the Academy. This is a film that's loved by audiences. So if you're talking about length audiences didn't seem to mind you're talking about the love story that's what people kept coming back for it made a billion worldwide box office globally which is one of the first films to ever do it so if you're thinking about put this on the hit or the shit list you know if you're saying well you know all of all the, all the things that austin's brought up about worrying about you know possible the love story isn't good some of the acting isn't good i think they're all debatable those facts are not okay nicely done and Pretty much 60 seconds there. Austin, you ready to go? No, but yeah, let's go for it. Okay, starting now. So everything Brucey has said is just nonsense. The, the special effects is dated. They have not stood the test of time. I watched this on a, on a, not a brilliant telly, but a relatively new telly. Honestly, it is just woeful. The CGI is terrible. It's, it, it is no good. You don't want to look at that any longer than you have to. When you get rid of the CGI, you move that away. What have you got? You've got a rubbish love story. It's just a terribly written set of actor, uh, set of characters um, carried along by just a few good supporting roles. The, the two main actors, which have got you know an unbelievable amount of screen time, they are unbelievable. They are not. They are just not pleasant. You just don't... There's no you can't you can't get behind them in the slightest. The accents are terrible. The music, yep, yeah, one of the greatest like biggest hits of of '97. It's repetitive. That light motif is played over and over and over again. Not even a different version of it. The Academy is wrong. The people are wrong, and Brucey is wrong. <laughs> Damn! Wow! <laughs> Drop the mic, Ozzy, and wow. walk away from your first closing statement. Jeez. You're about as bad as the Academy. <laughs> <laughs> the people who are, who are always letting Roman Polanski and Mel Gibson come back to award ceremonies, you're as bad as them. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's a, it's a, I'm finding this pretty hard, to be honest. Like, I thought I was going one way. Well, it was pretty obvious it was going one way um, with Gavin's uh, 
incessant, very aggressive character witnessing. I, I was not aggressive. Um, and then uh, kind of Alex brought it back. And it, to be honest, it, it is very, very even. And I think that's probably right for a film like this, really. You know, it's... I don't think the fact that it did so well at the box office kind of almost... I don't know, portrays how the film is. You would expect a film that's done that at the box office to be almost flawless, and it, it just, you know, it, it very obviously isn't. Um, the the thing that re- almost always gets me about Titanic is it took four days to sink from setting off to sinking, and the, the fact that that love has kind of developed in four days to almost like they cannot be without each other. And it's not like it's from hour zero to you know four days later they only meet like kind of a day or so into the voyage so it's it's a it's a very short space of time shall we say and i think although i did say i was going to disregard what gav said i think there was possibly a different way that they could have gone about it rather than using um that love story um one thing alex said which i did really like which was great was um, kind of like all the extras, there are kind of some really good moments as the ship's going down, like the children being put to bed, uh, like the musicians who decide to go down with the ship, the captain decides to go down with the ship, uh, all this type of stuff. And, you know, I remember watching it first time uh, with my mom, who was, uh, you know, quite emotional in, in the scenes like that. Um, so I do think it kind of struck some good chords as well. So I am really, really finding this quite difficult, to be honest. It's literally split down the middle. But I think I'm kind of edging towards the hit list. Oh, oh yes! yes. Oh. Well done. I think, as I say, this this is the closest I think I've ever seen an argument. And I don't know, like, if it, if it was me after listening to it, I don't think I'd want to watch it again. But... Like, I, I haven't watched it recently. And like I, the classic signs of a hit. <laughs> I, have, I have kind of... At least he's watched it, Ozzy. <laughs> I have kind of gone off the arguments. And I, like I said, I, just, I, I did. I found it really, really difficult based on what both of you said. But I think just just one side kind of weighed a little bit, a little bit, you know, maybe slightly more on the pendulum. Okay. Well, congratulations, Alex. Is that the applause, not the drill? Thank you. Well done. I, uh, I, I didn't think it'd be. I didn't think I'd be edging over the line there. I thought I had this in the bag. So well, I can't I, believe I, how angry you got. I, I thought you had it in the bag. Actually, right, right, okay. Titanic. I was going to say, let's get some opinions. But I think, I think it's quite obvious what your opinion about Titanic is, Alex. Because yeah, how angry you got, and I, the slightest mentioned it wasn't a good film. I yeah. No, so, 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 so why do you why do you think it's it's such a fantastic film? I honestly just from start to finish think it's a long film. Yes, but. I was watching it the other day with uh, my wife and like we just loved it from start to finish and didn't even like note the time. So it finished at 11, which is sadly these days way past, past my bedtime. <laughs> and like I didn't even realise and just was into it from the word go. So many iconic scenes, so many iconic bits. I think Titanic possibly has suffered a little bit just because it's so iconic that people have got a little bit tired of that. I'm the king of the world. I'm thinking, but that's not fair on the film. You know, in itself, it was, you know, it's been parodied so many times, but no, it's, it, it's just got such a good love story and it's simple, but it's effective and it brings the disaster home. You know, I really do. I, I think it does the disaster justice. So loved it. Okay. Um, Joel, what's your genuine opinion on it? 
Yeah, I have got a bit of a soft spot for it just for kind of personal reasons. But as a film overall, you know, it has got obvious flaws and stuff. And sometimes when I think that James Cameron directed it, it does kind of make me think like I expected it to be better. But, you know, going back to the first time I watched it, I remember just being like in complete awe. And I don't think you can really watch it without, you know, having your heartstrings kind of pulled a little bit. So uh, I think it's in the right place. Yes, John. I I actually don't mind it. I mean, I was just giving my genuine opinion before Alex very aggressive pounced way. on me. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm, I can't wait to listen back to this episode to see if I am as angry as everyone makes up. Yeah. Um, so I, I yeah, yeah, I like the special effects in it. Um, I like the music to it. I liked a lot of the performances as well. Um, I, I I was being genuine though when I was saying that I do think that it's just it's just a love story, which I don't think is a very good one. Uh, I, I mean, is it the greatest film of all time? Because technically it is, because um, it's been, you know... Nowhere close, really. It's been knocked off now, hasn't it? Avatars. Another. Oh, yeah, Another yeah. So James it's number Cameron, two, isn't yeah. it? Another yeah. James Cameron one. Um, which once... Oh, yeah, well, we'll leave that for another episode. <laughs> I, mean, I love that film, yeah. too. So, yeah. Leave that for another episode. Uh, but, yeah. James Cameron, your boyfriend. <laughs> I really wish. Right. Um, yeah, okay. So, Austin, what's your genuine opinion? I didn't. I didn't really mind it, but... I didn't like it. Did you hate I, it as I, much as you no, said? No, 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 no. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't watch it again. No, I, I, I forg- I'd forgotten it from the first time I watched it, and I, uh, I really wanted to, to enjoy it. I thought, you know, this would be great. Roast into glasses and things. I watched it in our local cinema when, like, when it first opened again, and uh, yeah, it, I just couldn't, couldn't get behind it. This well, time one thing that's always got me. I spoke to Austin about this before we recorded. Is <laughs> the space. On the little door or whatever roses on could so, quite easily no, fit. No, no. I wanted Jack to put on I, there. I, I, no. Originally, when I started doing notes, I wrote things like that about her being so selfish all the way through. I had a thing about her throwing the stone away and stuff. It's not really something that makes it a good or a bad film, but it's an, it's a very annoying part of the film. Is that I, how I, selfish a character she is? Yeah, but it is. But I mean, it's in the same way as like when I'll go back to Romeo and Juliet. Like maybe maybe Romeo should have shooken Juliet a little bit more yeah, just yeah, to make yeah, sure yeah. she was dead before he like stabbed him. Yeah, I, but I, I, he didn't because it's a better ending, isn't it? No, like, to have him die. I, I always see this little meme pop up. You know, like how selfish Rose is because there were so many different ways the hair and Jack both could have fit on that door at the same time without him having to you know kind of die. Uh, but if you remember, see what the, the thing is, is it wasn't about the space on the door. It was about the weight. So when he got on, it started to sink. So it couldn't actually support the only, weight of both of them. It was the balance. It wasn't the once. sinking, it was balance. Yeah. Well, technically, wasn't it supporting the, both, the weight of both of them? Because he was leaning on it anyway, which yeah, was more yeah. or less his entire body weight. I didn't get why he sank at the end. Everybody else was she floating. pushed him off. He was the only one who sank. She, she put a brick he in his pocket. <laughs> Did you not see that bit? Was he? <laughs> no, I missed that. He must have been there. But Billy's aim was dragging him down. <laughs> oh, Billy. He, he was dragging that thing up. Anyway, anyway, right. So thank you very much for a very, very hearty conversation here, guys. Right. Uh, I'm going to move on quickly to our caption contest. And if it ties in quite well to what we were just discussing, because it is the very, uh, well, the penultimate scene or one of the last scenes of the film in which uh, Rose is just saying her final goodbye to Jack before she mercilessly murders him. <laughs> no, or pushes him off the side of the raft. Uh, so, yeah, they're very both cold looking there. Uh, so we've got a number of captions. So once again, guys, you pick which is the best. So we've got, there can be only one. <laughs> right. Uh, we're so cold. Why didn't we get in a lifeboat? 
<laughs> so, it kind of goes. Very uh, basic. <laughs> uh, I I just don't understand. There's so much space on the door, even for both of us. Uh, it is so cold. His balls are in his chest. Oh, probably probably should have read that one before. I, I, I think <laughs> proofread these ones for, for what the fuck. Sort yeah, of probably should have. Oh, 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 this one. I'm gonna. I, I need to do first, this one just justice. Yeah. yeah, I have big boats and I cannot lie. You other floaters can't deny that when the Titanic struck the berg and began to sink, the only thing you could think cruise liners are dumb. <laughs> Two. <laughs> so which was the best there? Which deserves a Freddo? Two. Number two. Which one was two? Which one was two again? We're so cold. Uh, why didn't we get in the lifeboat? Right, oh yeah, yeah. I, got a, I think I got a snicker from yeah. all of us. Okay, here. right, yeah, yeah. Well done, Faye. You've won a Fredo. <laughs> <laughs> you join. What is it? Craig class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Austin. <laughs> I've got. I've got a plethora of Fredos. Austin's got a bank full <laughs> yeah. of Fredos. Uh, anyway, just to say that we have pulled out of the hat the next film to be reviewed, and it is Jurassic World. But a but a but a but a bum bum bum. So that's a drum roll. Okay. Um, so the roles uh, have also been pulled at random, and they are the judge is. Dave, the prosecution is me, the defense is Joel, and the character witness is Alex. Oh, so that should be a good one. So unless uh, Dave is still on holiday or still ignores, in which case Austin will step in. But it's been lovely having you in, in this sort of role, Austin. So hopefully we can get a spare microphone that we can kind of throw over your way so you can chime in with more insults Laugh. towards Alex. <laughs> every now and get in the background. You're talking shit, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> it's been lovely being here. Cheers. So I just want to say thank you very much for everybody who has listened. We really do appreciate all the support. Uh, you can check out all of our previous episodes and our future episodes on our brand spanking new website, www.filmtrials.co.uk. Why don't you follow us on Twitter at Film Trials and suggest a film. We will put it in the hat and we will review it at some point. Uh, also, while you're on Twitter, check out our man here, our sound guy, Austin Ray, at Aussie Ray, and our graphic designer, at Winston Sang, who, uh, no, that's not even, it's it's named Winston Sang, but his <laughs> handles at the underscore quirks. Uh, he's done some really great work recently, and I really uh, love right. the yeah. Titanic This one. one's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I loved yeah. the Titanic really one. Yeah. I, I look at it a lot, Aussie. <laughs> there, there was mixed messages, to be honest, because I, I thought that it was going to be both of you looking at each other really angrily, but... Technically, it is. You check it out yourself. Yeah, mixed messages. Tell us what you reckon. Uh, okay, so uh, also you can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and a whole host of other social media sites. Just go on the search bar and type in Films on Trial. So without further hesitation, just want to say thank you very much, and we will be in your ears next week with Titanic. Goodbye. Oh, not Titanic. Uh, Jurassic World. Bye. Bye.